coming from the East Coast, we have Kyle. What up? Let's go Browners, beating up the Jets. All the way from New York and representing the Midwest, we have Nick. You know, just your average criminal hanging out, doing whatever. And as they say, West Coast, Best Coast, coming to you live from Seattle, it's Brent. And it's not live, I apologize. Um, My bad. Alright, what's up? This is If I May, a podcast about just about anything. And today is no exception. We are going to just be talking about anything. So let's get to it. Let's begin. It's episode 18. It is. All right. Well, Kyle, you are on the East Coast, which is different than Denver. So tell us about it. Yeah, up in New York for, uh, or I guess over in New York for a business trip here. And uh, yeah, we're uh, doing some cool stuff. Got uh, uh, working with the the railroads a little bit and uh, yeah, making the train safer is the uh, the goal. But uh, yeah, like New York, I uh, didn't not haven't had quite as much time this time to uh, uh, do a little sightseeing than I did last time. But uh, hopefully tomorrow I fly out at like two o'clock in the afternoon. So I'm going to run to like Central Park or something like, I think I'm going to run to Central Park. Haven't been there before. Yeah. Hit that up, check it out. And then uh, get a Uber over to my uh, LaGuardia, La- 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 something like that. And uh, I think it's like Langoria yeah, or something. LaGuardia, I think the word. And then uh, take my flight out at two o'clock. So, yeah, it's been a good time, though. Very exciting, though, because I was pulled from being able to spend quality time with Brent. Uh, My company uh, decided that they would treat me to flying me out from Seattle to New York uh, first class. So that was a pretty cool experience. Uh, Once everybody else gives their uh, mini updates, I got a couple uh, notes I took uh, in my phone for that experience to uh, check that out and see uh, what was all uh that experience was like excellent so i gotta say as for myself whoa whoa whoa. i was just about to say i actually really enjoyed um central park that was probably my favorite part of new york um i think the thing to look for and what's most interesting is that instead of squirrels in the park you're gonna find that the squirrels are actually just rats and that's just how it is and it's, it's pretty fun to look for them and they're really big and very impressive so um, enjoy that. Sorry to interrupt, Nick. Go ahead. No, you're good. You do realize that squirrels essentially are rats. They're just not as much of a nuisance because they live in trees, whereas rats live in holes and in our homes. Um, fun fact, but I don't with know. That, that's not. Uh, that's technically is not true. I gotta just say it. that is. No, I don't think that's that what. Right. They're not exactly rats. They're. They're no. It's. Not taxonomically correct. Okay, bio- biologically. If I may, quick fun break this down for me. Ooh, a fun fact. If I may, quick fun fact about squirrels: they cannot have or carry the rabies virus. So if you get bit by a squirrel, although you might get infected or something, you won't get rabies. That is, it's a painful shot. That's good news. And expensive. It's like a thousand dollars for the vaccination. So, at any rate. I am here repping the Midwest. I am back from Texas. I actually flew to Texas on Sunday after the uh, Packers-Vikings debacle. 
So we'll, we'll leave that one for a little <laughs> discussion point. Uh, we could we could definitely discuss football for the majority of this podcast, but I want to try and stay off of that for a little bit. But at any rate, after that game or debacle, I flew to Texas for work and was scheduled to be there through today, today being Thursday. But change of plans with some leadership. Uh, one of our instructors had something come up, so we had to reschedule. was able to leave a little bit early and get home, which was very nice, as I'll be traveling this weekend as well. And I find myself pondering my criminal empire now that I have unintentionally, mind you, dined and dashed. And the story there... What? Unintentionally. Uh, The story there was... How do you forget to pay? There's a story here, Kyle. If you you hear me out here... (laughs) No, no, no excuses. No excuses. No. But with that, on... What was it? Tuesday night, there was a co-worker whose birthday it was, and her husband had flown out to... Texas to be there for her birthday and to take her out to dinner. And she let slip which restaurant she was going to with her husband and I think two of their friends that they were going to meet. And two of our coworkers who are closer to her were drinking with us, having a few beverages at the hotel. And we decided that because of the change of plans, we were going to go out for the evening and enjoy the town a little bit because we haven't taken the time to do that uh, that much. That's a lie. Uh, but we wanted to take the time to you know, go out and bond as a team. And we had the brilliant idea that we were just going to go to the bar that she was at, or restaurant, the bar section of the restaurant where she was at. And um, our, our initial plan was to just sit at the bar and make a bunch of noise until you know she noticed us and then she'd come over and be like no way what are the chances this is crazy like same bar wow um and just you know play it off that way and then you know buy her a drink or something for her birthday Um, no that was a one-time deal with that uh we got to the restaurant it's a very high-end restaurant and um they're from california so they're kind of fancy but we uh we get to the restaurant and there's no room on the side of the bar that's facing their table. They, w- they did happen to be there. We didn't really plan it out. We just figured, okay, like 8.30, birthday dinner with friends, fancy folks to a nice restaurant. You know, they'll be there pretty late. We can probably just show up. And no space at the bar facing their table. And we weren't willing to like ruin everyone's night at the restaurant to make so much noise from the far side of the bar. Um, you know, we're, we're reckless, but we're not, you know, horrible human beings. So we post up and we buy a bottle of wine for the three of us and we proceed to just talk with the bartender and explain the situation and ask for something like goofy. Do you do something for your birthday? Do you guys sing a song? Do you do anything? Well, it was a high class restaurant. So they're like, no, sirs, we do not have any of those. (laughs) Exactly. So we don't make ruckuses. You mean there's no like mechanical bowl or anything? Uh, no, that's in the downtown area. We went there later. Um, that's that's a separate story that we're not going to touch on probably. But we're sitting at the bar and we're we're trying to find something to send her for her birthday. And eventually, like the the stupidest thing we can find is this overly like girly fruity something, and we don't even know where the name was. And he's just like, "Oh, I could do one of those." And we're like, "Do it." So he makes that drink, and Perfect. we we say, "Please." 
please send this drink over with your waitress and just say it's with regards from Dr. Smith. Now, that's not the doctor's name, but I don't want to give out the, the information. So uh, Dr. Wait. Smith sends his regards. Okay. He's the instructor of our class. So um, <laughs> we send it over and she flips out and starts looking and we're, of course, you know, just making goofy faces from across the entire restaurant. Eventually, she spots us and freaks out. Comes over, says hello, thanks us for the drink, you know, ha ha ha, so crazy. Uh, and we're like, okay, we'll have a good night. And she gets back to her dinner. Well, we're sitting there and we're drinking our wine. And mind you, as I mentioned, we had been uh, partaking in some some beverages at the hotel a little bit earlier. So we are already a bit uh, sideways. With that being said, we're like, okay, well, it's a beautiful night. We should go sit out on the porch out front and, and have our, our beverages out there. And the bartender assumed one of us was Dr. Smith and therefore just, you know, didn't question us whatsoever. And we're like, okay, well, where do we want to put the tab? And uh, the bartender looks at us and, and says, hey, you know, I can just put it on, on their tab. A and it was referring to the girl's birthday who it was. And we just looked at him and we looked at each other and we're like, do it. So, but that, but that's not dining and dashing if if she paid for it. Will you will you please just let me oh, go through so my story here? Okay, continue. Sorry. So, we laugh our rear ends off, finish our bottle of wine outside, and proceed to look in on her. They haven't left yet. They haven't been asked for the bill. We are assuming, okay, no big deal. They're just gonna put the bottle of wine and the drink on her on her receipt. And she's going to be like, what the hell? You guys are crazy and be super upset and whatever. But nothing, nothing bad. Birthday no ruined. big deal. Birthday ruined. Birthday shenanigans, whatever. They're, they're from California. They can afford it. It was a $60 bottle of wine, whatever. <laughs> so we just, after we finished the wine, we just up and walk out. The bartender said that it was going on their tab. We needed to scoot before they, before they got the bill so that she wouldn't come over and yell at us. And our, you know, our, our prank would be complete. She would have quote unquote bought herself her own birthday drink. Of course, we're going to pay her for it later. But um, for the for the moment, you know, the whole idea was to, you know, not only did you buy yourself a birthday drink, you bought us a bottle of wine, which was hilarious, by the way. But we scoot out, we take an Uber, we go to a bar. And after about half an hour at the bar, um, she calls one of the coworkers she's closer to just irate, just furious. And evidently, it wasn't as simple as them having put our bottle of wine in the drink we, or she bought herself in that case, uh, on, on their bill. Evidently, and I have yet to clarify this, the entire wait staff, like, met them at the door as they were walking out. They had paid their own bill, which didn't have the bottle of wine or the birthday drink on it. And they were about to leave. And evidently, the wait staff was arm in arm locked saying, your friends dined and dashed, and we know you know them. You have to pay their bill. And confronted them in front of the entire fancy restaurant. Like, this is a high-class joint. <laughs> and they're confronted about this, this bottle of wine and this other drink. And it was this whole embarrassing affair. And she has no idea. And the husband has no idea what the hell's going on. And um, they had to deal with it, and it was in front of the entire restaurant. So we get this voicemail that she's irate and all kinds of nasty text messages and um, ended up being that uh, 
one of the coworkers who's closer to her, you know, Venmo her the money uh, to, to pay for all of it. And you really can't make up for the embarrassment, but he threw a little extra in there, but um, absolutely hilarious. And yeah, the fact that we were, we were actually upset with the bartender who had told us, yeah, I'll put it on their tab. Great. Excellent. Thank you. And he didn't come through. He didn't do what he said he was going to do. We didn't do anything wrong in our mind. Um, so we were, uh, the coworker who paid our, the, no, the, the other did. coworker was going to call <laughs> yeah, and, and being complain to the people. restaurant. Yes. Well, so, um, I, I think the thing I was, to remember is I was a criminal on the run in, in Tejas. That's why I got out of town really quick. Um, I, I feel yep. like one thing that happens is that wait staff changes. You might have a bartender for a little bit, but their shift's over. They leave and forget to communicate because you're out for the day and uh, that could have happened i could see that being a possibility um you got bamboozled yeah i mean ultimately it was just potentially embarrassing for them but she's she's a uh, she's a tough girl she's got thick skin and she's <laughs> one who would be in on a prank of this variety on someone else so i don't necessarily feel bad for her like I, you never want to ruin someone's birthday and i hope that we didn't but i'm, I'm pretty sure we didn't but um you know, it's Pretty just do you could probably do, do you get do you get caught up in that moment or can you see the bigger picture and just laugh about it or does it take you a few days before you can process it? So my name's Nick, a birthday ruiner. That that's yeah. that's what it is. You've got five days to ruin mine. Good luck. Yeah, we'll figure a way. <laughs> well, you're podcasting during your birthday. I hope you know that. Yeah. Am I really? Yeah, it's Tuesday. Uh, I have a dinner with friends that night, but mm, yeah, if you want to come with... dine and dash at dinner, you can give it a shot. Uh, well, we're not Ven- I don't have Venmo, so don't don't expect a Venmo. Um, yeah, just, we're yeah. legit just putting it on your bill. Yeah, legit. Don't have Venmo. It's all you, man. It's all you. It's okay. I'm not. I'm not going to a fancy restaurant either. <laughs> going for some some simple food. Where are you guys going? <laughs> Um, I'm not going to tell you, number one. Uh, number two. What? <laughs> what? I'm not, I'm not oh, we're friends here, and we're not even invited. This is horrible. Oh, man. Okay, one's on the East Coast, and the other one's on the West Coast, and the and they're both not going to be anywhere near me, so you're not invited, correct? You don't know when Kyle is flying what back. Our What's that? Our fans could could show up and buy you a drink. Yeah, that's, that's part exactly of our. Why I'm not sharing. There was maybe one person listening to your story, maybe. Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go die this weekend running a relay marathon. I haven't practiced for it at all, and uh, it's going to be a miserable death march. But my plan of attack is to start with some classes or something like that, uh, like some body pump or some something to uh, CrossFit. I even considered, which sounds a little crazy, but. If I sign up for it, I'll do it, and I have to figure out something to curb my habits. A few too many of those beverages, and this whole work travel life is is not beneficial for my health. I'm getting a little chubby, to say the least. But hopefully, um, you know, I, I'll be okay doing the relay marathon. I, I'm not concerned if I have to walk a large portion of it. So be it. But um, I'm going no, to do that. No, don't walk. And then, well, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna try. Okay, you're a cross country runner, former runner, and now a cross country coach. We have people that are just as run. out of shape that they can run the whole three miles. I think you can do your four point four uphills. 
or whatever it yeah, is. Down hills is is not fun, Deep my man. Up hills too. I'll I'll try and jog as long as I can, but there's going to be no shame. Four, four. Is that a, in is that like a six man marathon? No, it's a five. There's some longer section and shorter sections. I've got the shortest section, okay. but it's got a ton of hills compared to the others. Oh yeah, it's, it's actually the hardest section. Yeah, there's all kinds of dis- like There's one that's like six miles. There's one that's like 4.4, 4.5, which is mine. And then there's a bunch of fives that are kind of, you know, generally flat. Um, but the last one I think is the longest and that's like super flat. But it's also at the height of the day for sun and um, there's really no cover for the majority of the run. So that one sounds the most miserable as far as heat and running. I've just got the hills, which also suck. The first light can be kind of brutal if you don't have sunglasses. Um, it's all directly yeah, into the sun, but it, in I've terms of difficulty, it's flat and easy. So, yeah, the did long I give ones, you my sunglasses last year? You did. I look super cool. Yeah, th- those were nice sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, I miss but them. You also were in like fifth place overall when you handed me the relay thing, and cool. I literally got passed by everybody. There was not one person I passed Wait, because you have sunglasses. What's going to happen again this year? You guys are going to start off strong. I'm, I believe in you. I don't, I don't, Megan's actually starting us off. So, yeah, we're going to be pretty quick. Like, not fifth place overall quick, but we'll be quick. You know, she did beat you in a race once, just saying. Uh, she did not, actually. She, uh, facts are facts. Uh, she beat you. Facts are facts. If you looked at the time of the race and the placing, I was one place in front of her. So, in the end, final results, they were, I was who, who victim. crossed the line first? Yeah, but I also started after she did. Oh, so you started after her. <laughs> well, okay, so these big races, yeah, these big races, if you have like 600 people and you don't start right in the very front, your time is delayed a little bit. So the way the trackers work for a lot of these road races is if you cross the, whenever you cross the start line and whenever you cross the finish line, each individual person, that's your time. So what ended up happening in the race was that I started after Megan. So she started her time before me. I caught up to her, ran with her for pretty much the entire race. And then at the very end, she went a little bit ahead, crossed the finish line that's, before you know me, what? but she did start you know in front of me. That's a good strategy. Kyle, next time, next time we race, you and I, someone's going to yell, go. You're going to take off. I'm going to stand there for three seconds and then I'm going to take off. And regardless of the gap after the fact, no, 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 I, I won. You know, actually, he he crossed the line first. I, I, I will get those results up. I My time was quicker than her time. That's all that matters, even with the, the waiting. The time was, crossed the line first. That's all I'm saying. I, if she started, but, she also started before I did. I'm just saying, I'm just saying I, I won rate, in the, the results. So if I may. So if I may, I'm going to start first, get that three second head start. And even if you pass me, I still win. No, necessarily. That's what no, hearing. that wouldn't work because Nick would have started after you, so he his time would be less than yours by a lot. If he starts after me and still finishes before me, I still win. If yep. he starts after you and he finishes before you, then he wins because he passes you. <laughs> well, if if you reference the price of rice in China right now, actually, uh, based on the, that factor, I, I, I win. No, the price of rice has nothing to do with it. Just like, <laughs> just like, okay, sorry, the, right, it's like this. Well, it's man. like this. I'm gonna do a relevant analogy here. The Browns or the Jets start off the game and they took they off the to, team to start an early lead, 
they they were up 14-3 at one point. Or yeah, 14-0. And 32 seconds. the Browns going to open up all the freezers. The Browns had started later than them, but they started scoring points. And they ended up scoring more points because they were quicker to score than the Jets. And at the end of the day, it's the Browns that are going to be winning, not the Jets. It's not how I you start. Boring. It's, boring. it's all yeah, about 20, time. Three seconds. 23 seconds. Jets have the ball. It's okay, going to be a uh, booth review. Jets but, are going to win. I guarantee it. It's just the most Browns way to I lose. I believe. <laughs> Somehow That'd lose. Be, that would Somehow be a, lose. a relieved thirsty Thursday in Cleveland. Uh, nobody's going to work on Friday. That'd be hilarious. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, nobody, they've done, they're done buying rounds right now. Everybody's done buying rounds. They're waiting for those fridges to open. Pretty and then much. the Jets throw a big bomb and they somehow win it. Oh, yeah. The Jets. The <laughs> That'd Jets be so are... brown. The Jets. And then the, the legend of uh, Sam Darnold would just be uh, even further boosted. Although he has two interceptions, no touchdowns, is what I'm wait, saying. Wait, wait. You mean Sam Brett Favre Darnold? Oh, he just threw another interception. As you said that. Nice job, Nick. Did he? You ruined the game oh. for the Bra- Jets. Actually, I yeah, love well, to calling him. You know, honest, honestly, the the hype on the Browns because they were on hard knocks. I, I I didn't. The irony was not lost on me in the sense that you could probably take any team, and if you dedicate an entire staff to creating the storylines, making them interesting, and showing all the highlights, you could make any team, even the worst team in the league, look legit. And that's what HBO did. Um, yes, so, hopefully the Browns have a win or two this year. But wait, I, you mean I the one like, one and one Browns? One Packers, one one Browns. The Packers are one loss away from being at the same level as the Browns. Just okay. Well, two life. weeks ago they were all at the same level at o o and o. Besides the point. <laughs> okay, so at any rate, the other the other adventure in Texas uh, I'd like to share is I I did go sailing. As really? a team bonding event uh, that was planned for Monday, got the opportunity to go out on the boat with a bunch of coworkers and um, had a good time. It was it was an adventure. It was my first time on a sailboat as far as I can remember. And it was a, a larger sailboat. We had probably 12, 12 people on it, roughly, and had a good time. Uh, the lake in Texas, I thought, was actually really cool. Um, what kind of boat they had- was it? A, a sailboat? I, I, I'm not in. Was it a catamaran? Like, was it wide and like pontoon no, boat no. kind of looking, or was it single no. hull? Single hull. Single okay. hull sailboat. Cool. And um, yeah, you're speaking a different language, but I knew I do know what a catamaran is. So Sorry. you're good. With that in mind, um, the the lake that we went on, I don't know the name of it, but it was it was really cool because they had all these stairs going down and when i was going down it just looked like a really cool view and the marina was at the bottom of the stairs and as i was coming up after we were sailing and had a few beverages that day too as we were coming back up they had the different water levels on the stairs marked and they had like the high water point for you know historical points and we were all the way at the bottom of these stairs and it was climbing up i saw like okay 2008 this high and it was, you know, 30 feet higher than where it was. Uh, and I kept climbing these stairs and, and there was probably 100 feet to 120 feet worth of, of total 
up and down here. And there were houses all along the lake, which were really, you know, beautiful houses. And they all had like their own personal, uh, what's the thing called where you drive the boat down it and it's cement, like landings. Yeah. Boat landing. That sounds boat landings. They all, they all had their own like private boat landings that went from their property at the top of the hill all the way to like the very bottom. And, um, you know, they, they've been on this lake for a very long time, but it was, it was hard for me to comprehend the water on this lake going so high and, and so low over the last couple of years. Like this wasn't, you know, something that just took a ton of time or, or whatever. It was like 1990 was the high point and it was a full like 100 feet higher than where the marina was today. And it was interesting looking at how the marina was designed. I think the thing floated. Like in all honesty, uh, I know in the Midwest, you typically have a giant wheel that you crank uh, with a series of gears to raise boats up. But the mechanism that they used there was they put more air to create buoyancy. Buoyancy? Is that the word? We're going to say buoyancy. Uh, buoyancy? Buoyancy, buoyancy. Buoyancy, sounds, whatever. Sounds right. But the whole marina basically floated, which I had never seen before and I thought was really cool. But the, the difference in the, in the water and the depths and everything that went on with that was really cool. The sailing experience was awesome, but it would be really cool to be on that lake and see it when it's this low. But then to come back at like the next high point, like I don't know if it's seasonal. I don't know if it's based on hurricanes dumping water. I have no clue. But all the houses were at the very top, which makes sense. But then they have these these private boat landings that are 100 feet long and, and or 100 feet tall and longer than that, certainly. Um, based on how triangles work, according to my math teacher. So, <laughs> well, trigonometry um, right there. It was really cool. A lot of a lot of beautiful scenery. Good time on the boat. A lot of bonding with uh, some coworkers, and uh, learned a little bit about sailing. And yeah, that was that was my overall adventure on Monday. So, was it a, a man-made lake? As in, there was like a dam to it with a river flowing into it that they're controlling the levels, or is it just a, a natural lake that you were you were on? Honestly, I don't know. Because there were some dams in the area, but I have no idea what the that lake specifically was. We didn't; it was big enough or long enough that we didn't get to see all of it. And we're on a sailboat and we are sailing, so um, you know you can only go as far as the wind will take you, kind of thing. And it was meant to be a three-hour tour, which there were plenty of jokes about a three-hour tour. So we were never going to come back. Yeah, in a lake, some good jokes about that. And we had one person who's a little nervous around boats and everything else. And he's asking like, so what if there's a hurricane? It's like, if there's a hurricane or even too gusty of winds, we're just not going to go out. But uh, he was, he's an older gentleman who's not a, a sea. Sorry, I'm back. He doesn't have his sea legs. Yeah. Welcome back, sir. In, in a lake, you don't really have to worry about hurricanes too often. Yeah, no, that's 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 what we told him. The water He's cycle, inland uh, Texas lake, not not the biggest threat to you. I didn't know Texas even had lakes, but shows you what I know. So that reminds me, like I think of hurricane over a lake. I think of like a, a cyclone or or tornado, and there's just so many cool ways that you can have a tornado. Like I don't know if you guys saw earlier this year, especially with all those wildfires out in California, but they had these tornadoes that were coming up and they were made of fire, like just a fiery inferno of a tornado. And it was terrifying one, but it was really cool. Do you get, do you guys see that? 
I've not seen a fiery tornado naturally. Not I saw naturally. Mythbusters made a fiery tornado once. Nah, the the video he's talking about, uh, I think it was featured at least when I saw it. I'm sure it's been in multiple publications because by the time these guys get it, it's already been posted six times. But uh, I saw it on Snapchat and it was like Barstool Sports or I don't know if it's ESPN or somebody, but I had too much time in the airport. So I look at all the stories. At any rate, what was happening was there was, a you know, in the desert, there are you know, just like dust tornadoes, essentially. I mean, high winds, but nothing too, too crazy. Well, with the wildfires, there was essentially a, you know, a small dust tornado, something to be reckoned with, but, you know, uh, not incredible, incredible. And this dust tornado evidently uh, grabbed a uh, fire hose, essentially, and was pulling the hose with the strength of the winds and, and whipping it around. And the f- firefighters were there to be on the other end of the hose trying to pull it back. They were essentially, quote unquote, playing tug of war with a fire tornado because the tornado or the, what would regularly be dust was debris from the fire and actually, yes, a blazing inferno of fires. So oh my gosh. it was um, quite the quite the scene uh some really cool video uh, of of that situation but yeah to imagine i mean being a wildfire fighter wildfire firefighter is that, i guess we'll call it that uh, to be in that position is is crazy enough and then you know you add an element of swirling winds uh, of all the debris from a fire pulling away your fire hose like what you, you've you've lost all hope at that point because it's pulling the hose that's containing the water that's going to put it out, but it's blowing so much that it's just a you know a small inferno of you know swirling winds. So, and, and if I think of um, if I think of fires that I've you know on a windy day that if you've ever had a fire uh, in the woods when it's not dry and legal and everything else, um, it, wind will do some pretty goofy things to fire, and it's kind of fun to watch. I mean, it it can create little spirals or little tornadoes and i've seen it on a very very small scale but to have it on a scale that yes a a tornado quote unquote that is uh low level but you know terrifying because it's on fire uh is is something to see yeah the chimney in general is pretty awesome like if you ever take like a we've done it with a giant like cardboard tubes that are like in the middle of my dad used to work for a paper conversion company and he'd have like the cardboard tubes that paper like giant paper rolls come in. And if you take that and put it in the middle of a fire, the bottom will start on fire. And then the chimney effect just pulls through the middle of that tube. And it's just crazy. I was just like, like just crazy how the, and the fire will shoot out of the top of the thing, like five, 10 feet from the, the heat going through this tube and the chimney effect pulling air through the bottom. Have you ever, I've either of you ever seen a, Christmas tree that was used for Christmas dried out and then put on a fire in July. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like, think that I was, that's my uncle's favorite thing to do uh, in the upper peninsula is on the 4th of July. They'll, because he has enough space and property, he'll keep his Christmas tree and let it dry out. And on the 4th of July, he'll burn last year's Christmas tree and a couple neighbors do the same thing and they bring over their Christmas trees occasionally or yeah, know, they, they get together. And yeah, you have a, a nice fire in a, in a pit and uh, when the fireworks are you know done or you're looking for a finale of some variety, you just take that dried out Christmas tree and throw that on the fire and woof, 
is all I can say. I mean, it's going to make that sound as it just goes up. And yeah, that's one of those situations, not necessarily with the chimney effect, which would be really cool, but um, where you've got so much of a, of a massive fire just going up so quickly. And, um, you know, if you don't know anything about wildfires, if you just watch that, you'll have a real quick respect for it. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, speaking of wildfires, oh, go ahead, Kyle. I'll say one thing that we used to always do in scouts with the uh, fires is we'd take a milk jug and put it on the end of a stick. And then what you do is you, you light the milk jug on fire and the, the plastic, it's not, it's obviously not ideal for the environment, but we, we do like one milk jug, a camp trip kind of thing. So it's whatever. Uh, and then you, you put it's it on a stick. Either. Yeah. Right. Catch it on fire. And then you just hang it. You just hold it over the fire, like nice and high up. What happens is as it melts, the, uh, plastic will drip off and when it drips down into the fire it, it'll stay burning on the way down and you'll hear a little zoop 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 of like the, the flaming plastic rushing through the air as it falls down into the fire that's super cool if you get the chance to do that at some point definitely recommend it yeah it's slightly bad because it releases toxic fumes but as long as you only do like one you should be okay don't breathe. Don't breathe the smoke. Yeah, that's um. There's a lot of cool things that have cool effects, like pine needles. They always make that kind of that crinkly, snapping sound. Um, but I always find that like the things that make the most interesting noises or or most interesting colors or shapes are things that generally don't even burn that well, and they're more just for show than the Christmas tree lights. Yeah. What? What? Yeah, if you throw Christmas tree lights inside of a fire. Uh, it'll like because there's copper and different metals in the Christmas tree lights. It'll uh, change the fire colors to like green, blue, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, same concept. You've watched Breaking Bad, where uh, Walter takes out the spray bottles and throws some chemicals on the fire, and it turns different colors. Yeah, I guess so. We we did an experiment like that in high school with chemistry. They have like different metals burn at different colors, so. Our chemistry teacher had a little like tray of them and lit all the different types of metal or elements, or whatever, and it made a cool Christmas tree effect. And that was that was cool. That was probably my first real like experience with hey, different things besides wood can burn, and it can burn in That's different colors. Uh, basically, depending on what color the firework is, you can kind of tell what met what color or what type of metal the uh, shell is made out of. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's the the whole point, kind of, is taking that that chemistry. Man, that just sort of ruins Fourth of July for me, actually. Thinking that Fourth of <laughs> July really is just one giant chemistry experiment. Why would that? Ruin that ruin? It? Uh, because I don't know. It's it takes the fun out of it. The uh, magic, the magic of, of it is gone. The yeah, magic. You're one of those. It has to be magic. I can't understand it. No, I I don't mind understanding it, but it's more exciting when you don't know. You know, what do you mean going? when we're on a plane? Jesus hasn't been just holding <laughs> us up in the air the entire time. I always imagine there was like a floating, yeah, there's like a floating Peter Pan or something that's just holding the plane up and pushing it along. So do you guys, do you guys remember the story that was in the news? And this was, oh, this may have been more than two years ago. I forget. But uh, there was a woman who, an older woman who was flying maybe for the first time, maybe not. Um, but she 
was the, whatever airport it was in the world, she was set up to walk to the plane, which I've, I've been to Mexico. It's pretty standard operating procedure. They don't have like the, the airport set up that the U.S. does. Um, you walk to the plane, you walk out on the actual, you know, pavement next to the airport and climb the, the stairs that are built into the plane to get onto the plane. Well, this older lady who I, I'm sure has little to no understanding of flight or how this works or whatever was superstitious. And part of her super superstition was that for, you know, paying the transport for this plane, she took like five pennies uh, or the equivalent of this currency in the country, five copper pieces. And as she was walking to the plane, you know, the engine was starting up and it's, it's running and it sucks a little bit, you know, just with the wind forces. She takes these five pennies as she's waiting in line to get into the plane or five copper pieces, throws them into the engine. And the engine just got shredded by these coins and the flight was canceled. Um, it cost the company who owns the plane uh, probably close to, I don't know if it was over a million or if it was like $200,000 or yeah, it, a large amount of money to take apart the entire engine piece by piece and find the five pieces uh, of copper that she had thrown in there. Um, obviously, the flight went nowhere, had to be canceled. They had to repair the engine. And I'm sure you could sue the woman for all you wanted. You're not going to get anything because those five copper pieces were all she had, I'm sure. But um, why did she you guys remember there? that story? Is no, that just I, I haven't heard that one. Do you know? Yeah, she was she was superstitious. Like, you know how you pay uh, what's his face, the ferryman to get into hell? Um, or you, you pay <laughs> that's you know, someone you else to go, do this, that? Yeah. You want to go to well, right? But she was paying yeah. the she was paying the omnipotent airplane the five coppers to safely deliver her to wherever she was going. That, and she was super old; like she clearly had no idea, no concept for what an airplane was or how anything works. But yeah, she she threw five copper pieces. She or something did that, like that wrong. She should have started like she should throw like five dollar bills. And you know, she underpaid basically. That's why the plane didn't take <laughs> yeah, her right. off. Like her, her sacrifice was not enough, obviously. Or her Brent, I do believe the there is a Bible story that references the rich giving and the poor giving. And I'm not going to lecture you on this. I'm simply going to state that she probably gave all she had and more. At the same time, it obviously was not enough because the plane did not take off. So. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, the plane's engine got shredded. So what's your standard practice when she doesn't have to walk in the tarmac? She's like, just throw them in the walkway on the way to the plane? Yeah, like, just like, just leave it in the... What's your standard? Maybe just Google, Google that shit later. Maybe she doesn't fly <laughs> It's anymore. hilarious. Maybe she, she took the sign like she should have and, and knows not to fly anymore. Well, yeah. speaking of airplanes, if I may, I think this might be a good segue into my first class experience. I think that's a perfect First segue. of all, have, have either of you ever flown first class before? Absolutely not. Uh, I have... Uh, I've flown a lot, but I, I can't recall a time that I was in first class. <laughs> well, first of all, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I guess, full true first class. They don't really have that for commercial flights. Uh, simply just... Uh, uh, international where they have like the full like uh, stuff where you can like lean it all the way back and sleep. But if you've flown before, you, you've seen the first class, it's a bigger thing. So I guess we'll start off with baggage. You come into the airport with your bags uh, for first class. Apparently you get a free check on bag, wow. but anyhow, so I go up to the baggage thing 
and they have like the couple different lines, like economy, premier members, and then like for they didn't have a first class, but it was like premier slash first class area. So you go up to that and they have one of those kiosks to like uh, do your baggage and print off your boarding pass and whatnot. But like the kiosk was like attached to the person's desk, like the the agent's desk. So I didn't like realize it was a kiosk, whereas typically they're like out in the open, like before the check-in desk. So I get up to the thing and I'm like, hey, I'm here. Like I'm, I'm assuming I can go here because I got a first class ticket, but I'm not 100% sure. And she's like, oh yeah, no, you're in the right spot. And then she like walks around <laughs> to the front and starts doing the kiosk stuff go? for me. Oh no, I like I can do it. He's like, no, 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 I got like she's like doing all the things for me. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Working the kiosk is below my standard. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh she like did all the kiosk stuff for me. I was like, oh well, okay. Like I definitely could have handled that, but I appreciate it. So got my bag all checked in. And then in the Denver airport, because United basically has like half of that airport to itself, like it's one of their main hubs, they actually have a special they have special TSA lines for uh, if you are in, uh, um, I can't think. Oh, sorry, for Seattle. Sorry, I flew out of Seattle. So out of Seattle, uh, United has its own special TSA lines. And so I was able to hit into like the premium TSA line, which is basically one step down from PS- TSA pre. And I just like walked straight to taking my shoes off and whatnot to go through. So like that was kind of nice. Because of that, though, I was way early for the airport. Like, there, I had like an hour and a half, two hours to sit there Sorry and do that. nothing. So I tried to go to the lounge of the United, the, like the United Lounge, thinking uh, maybe because I have a first class ticket, they'll let me in and I'll be able to check out the lounge, sit there, get some free food or something. But apparently, that's only for if you're on international flights. Otherwise, you definitely need to either buy the ability to go into the lounge or you need enough travel distance points or whatever in order to be able to access the lounge. So like, nah, drat, whatever. But if you're on an international flight, you can go ahead and hit up the lounge. Um, yeah. And then when I got to, right. (laughs) So I got to the, uh, the gate or whatever. And then, you know, finally when they're boarding, I get into the boarding line and I'm definitely like, I'm in sports shorts and a t-shirt. And I am the worst dressed first class person. Like everybody else, like the, the worst dress beyond me. These guys were in like jeans and like not polos, but like like a, a nice like button up shirt, but it was like Hawaiian shirt kind of thing. Like it was a it was a, a couple that was likely going on a vacation together kind of thing. But like I was definitely the worst dressed person in the first class line. And I'm like boarding group one. And uh, first they let in all the people with like disabilities and uh, parent, like all the pre uh, check-in people. Like if you need extra time, so yeah, disabilities, if you have a child underneath the age of two, and then they let all the people in with like crazy amounts of miles on their card if they're the premium members. But then like for standard boarding, I was number one, number one for standard boarding. Wow. First person on. It wasn't. I mean, I mean, I just went in there and sat down. It wasn't really that big of a deal. I don't, I, I I don't see the advantage. They, wait, the people didn't like Go clap ahead. on you or anything? Like, no applause walking no. in? No. No one has time for that. If, if, if I may, I'm very proud of you for, for having made it, Kyle. You, you did well. Um, if I may, however, my standard operating procedure for flying, which I've been doing a lot of lately, 
is I always want to be the last guy on the plane. I honestly have no problem standing and waiting for everyone to board. By the time I get on the plane, I just want to be the last one on, sit down, and basically say, buckle your seats, listen to the safety video, here we go. And it's just because you're going to sit on the flight for you know, what could be two, three, five, eight hours, wherever you're going, depends, I guess. But I, I, I take the opportunity to stand in the airport so that when I'm I'm on the plane, it's not inconvenient to sit because I think that's where a lot of people get itchy. They they sit down and they, they just want to stretch. They don't have any room. It's like by the time I'm on the plane, I want to sit. I'm enjoying sitting. I've been standing forever. And um, that that seems to work really well for me. I, I purposely, despite whatever zone I'm in, and I think I am one of those people who is now qualifying for um, going into the plane earlier because I have enough points for you know, at least a, a small step on the ladder. Um, but I always try and be the last person on the plane. See, like, I agree with that. The, the, the going in first it, is a stupid cause you're sitting. So you might as well. The only advantage to not going as one of the last groups is you might forcibly have to check a bag instead of being able to put it above and then being able to get out of there faster out of the airport faster at the end. That's the, like, that's the only advantage of not going last is if you have, something that you have to put in the overhead that you don't want to check. But like, besides that, I was like, yeah, it, it's silly to check in and get on the plane super early. The only advantage for first class is you can get a drink in before takeoff because they have to take all the glasses and whatnot before takeoff because you can't have anything in front of you on, on your table or anything for takeoff. So the only advantage for first class to get in there right away is be able to get your drinks and uh, have a drink quick before takeoff. Yeah. Besides that, yeah, I, I totally agree with your approach. And I never understood why people are like trying to rush and like get in front of people to get onto the plane. I just I don't get it. Well Yeah, I could I could not be more chill as I'm waiting there. I mean it's just me jamming out, just strolling, watching everyone else load onto the plane and people are kind of looking at me, especially when they're like boarding all zones and they like just go and I'm like, go ahead, like yeah, um, until they say we're closing the doors, I'm not getting on that damn plane. Well, I think the thing I've had, I've run into is I'll always bring a carry on because I don't like chucking bags. It costs so much money, just not worth it. So I'll bring a carry on. I'll be, I'm always zone three. I'm always, or four, or whatever the last one is. That's just how it is. For some reason, the tickets we get is last zone boarding, which I'm generally fine with. But I have had a few times where I've... Those are the cheapest tickets, if I may. Exactly. I I don't mind that. I don't mind sitting in the... I like actually like sitting in the back. I'm in no rush to get off the plane when I get there. It's not like, you know, once I get off the plane, I'm off the plane. And once I'm on the plane, I'm on the plane. It doesn't matter. That's another pet peeve. The people who try to, from the back of the plane, quick rush up the aisle. If I ever see someone coming... I will stand out in the middle of the aisle and, and not move forward. I, I mean, unless they <laughs> are crying that they are not going to make their next flight and their mother's dying. Like, okay, I'll let them through. But if they're just a, a an asshole, I, nothing makes me happier than being a bigger man to just step out and be like, oh, well, what's your rush? Like, we, we just like the people have that, like while driving, there's a lane merging and they quick try to jump into the lane that they know is going to merge. Just to get in front of like three or four cars. Exactly. Like, what the? Like, you gotta be kidding me. That's where like you hug both of them. You're like, no, no, you're getting behind. Like, stop. You're, yeah. You like, are a useless human being. At no. the moment of the sign, the, like at the line where the sign is 
left lane merging. At that point, you're officially an asshole if you pop out of the line, just jump in front of a couple people and try to pop back in. If you were already in that lane, okay, like whatever, merge in. But if you pop out and it's after the sign that says lane merging, you're a dick. Like you're a terrible person. That's that's where you cross the line. That's where you cross the line. No, but I've, I've had it though where you try and load up your stuff and you get to the back with your, and I always have a pretty full carry-on luggage. I'm ready to put in the bin ahead. There's absolutely no bins available. It's just me and there's no space except for that one spot way up in the front and everyone's still trying to jostle around and there's still people behind you. So you're like, I have to somehow get my bag, which is at the back of the plane, up to the front of the plane. How am I going to do that? Just, just you know, it's that's the only awkward thing I've had being in the front or yeah. oh, being at the very so- end. Is trying to pass it when, up. Or... When Juliana and I were flying to Seattle, the I don't know how it worked, but the the exact seats that we are the ones that there were our seats, the overhead bin it, for those particular seats, there was only one spot available because the rest of it was taken up by like an air conditioning unit or something. Yep. It was just like, uh, what, what, uh, like what, the, what was the plan here? Like, so like ha- there was literally only room for one bag. And the rest of it was all like an air conditioning unit. So luckily, because I just checked my one big bag because I knew I was going to go on this trip right afterwards, we were able to find a spot for Juliana's bag like a couple rows back. So right when we, right when the plane landed, I like quick like hop back, grab her bag so we wouldn't have to fight through a wave of people backwards in order to grab her bag to bring it back up. But yeah, that was that was the only situation I've been in where it's like that, where it's like ah, there's like zero room. My favorite thing too is you, you think there's no room. And it turns out that there's probably five or six little tiny purses that are taking up an entire space <laughs> that an actual suitcase-sized carry-on luggage would be able to hold. And you're like, this suitcase, my backpack that I'm putting at the base of my feet is twice as big. Why does this need to be taking up overhead space? When you could just Brent, if tuck I may, it that's, under your that's feet. awfully sexist of you, and I'm I'm ashamed. It of you. is purses, though. I haven't seen any. Like I haven't if I've. First off, a lot of guys don't carry bags. It's not like I've seen briefcases up there. I've seen those go on the feet. It's it's these little purses that go up there. I'm just saying it's what they're called. That's what they are. And they're always taking up overhead space, which is a premium. And if you can tuck it under your thing, that should that should be the general rule. That shouldn't be an exception. That should be the that's that's if you are a polite person, that's what you do. Like I I have giant backpacks I carry that I shove under there and you know that's I guess maybe I don't need two things to carry on that could be my thing too um speaking of, or actually Kyle how's the rest of oh one last point sorry I, saying, I, I, got, I got three fourths of my notes left over here we, we haven't we just boarded the plane that's I got where we're at. I got one last thing about coming early though the one advantage I find is sometimes if they have those in-screen movies that if you sit down and it's enabled like right as you sit down you can get a little bit extra movie time in if you get there early but that's generally order or something yeah that's like if you're going across country or something that's more of a exception over the rule all right uh tell us more about this first class thing Kyle. after that tangent okay so the seat i picked was f4 which was the very back right one which in hindsight probably wasn't the best decision uh going home i'm picked an alternative yeah, I should, I should have picked a different one because the wall was right behind me. Please tell me you I got that. For sure. 
but I think the wall makes it so that way the seat can't recline as much as the other seats. Like, I think the seat still reclined more than a standard coach seat, but it wasn't, it wasn't enough to be able to sleep well or even at all, really. So, like, the seat itself, I mean, obviously it's nice to have the seat nice and wide, but I don't know. For me personally, I'm not that big of a dude. Like, I would say I'm very average-sized person. And uh, the, the seat wideness, I guess, was whatever. But, I mean, the biggest, the, the biggest obvious advantage was the leg room is you can you can stick your leg straight out and not touch anything. That's definitely the biggest advantage. Uh, but, yeah, the, the chair itself was honestly not that comfy. Like, it was still, like, the same kind of scenario as all the other seats where, like, the padding's obviously been sat on by three bajillion people, and you can feel that there's not much padding underneath your butt, and you're basically sitting on a hard surface. So, although the seat was nice and wide, and you got all the leg room, which was super nice, I don't think the first the first class for the seat alone, not worth it. Uh, I think there was a different section where it's like economy plus where you get a little bit more legroom. Like that seems like that's a much better bang for the buck than what first class would have been, if that makes sense. Did they treat you Did special you? and give you free things? Oh, we got, yeah, we got free drinks. Uh, and then we also got a free meal. Whereas everybody else had to choose whether they had to pay for the meal if they wanted a meal because it wasn't, it wasn't a over, because international flights they always they typically always give you a meal or two depending on how long the flight is, but a domestic uh, meal is not typically included, uh, unless it's directly over a standard meal time slot, or your first class. So I got it, it was a cold meal. It was a, a turkey sandwich. It was it was really good. I took a picture of it. I should send it to you guys, but. Uh, it was delicious. It just wasn't like it wasn't amazing. Did you get know. my Alt F four joke? What? Did you get my Alt F four joke? I didn't even hear it. What'd you say? <sighs> you said you had seat four, and I'm like, oh, are you saying you should have picked an alternative? And, and yeah, you just nothing, nothing on the Alt F four. All that right, was, I feel that was very clever. Like, that was <laughs> oh, that's a good job, Nick. that just you just shot everything down right there. You just. Shut it down. Oh, okay. except, I got, except I got no reaction when it happened. I, I got no trend. reaction for that. Alt F4 closes your... Whatever. Never mind. These jokes are not working. <laughs> Our puns. They're so good. We're trying. We're jokes. trying. All right. Uh, so in first class, you get about two and a half windows to choose from for your viewing pleasure. So if you like window seat windows, uh, you get like two and a half windows that you can choose from to look through. So that's kind of good. Um, the blanket that they gave me, uh, at least, I, I don't know if it's maybe just a, a United thing versus a American Airlines thing. American Airlines in the back anyway, we just got like a fleece blanket, whereas in a United first class, it was like a knit stitched blanket. So I don't know if that's a, just a standard thing, but we had a nice stitched blanket instead of just like a, a cheaper fleece blanket. So that was kind of neat. Um, right before, like right I forgot if it was right before or right after takeoff. They like dished out hot towels for your face. And I was like, <laughs> like what do I do? They had this? like a tray of them. Like, would you like a towel? And initially I thought it was just like giving us something right before the meal. Like, or like giving us like a napkin full of the utensils right before the meal. But I, so it wasn't flight because they gave us this and like everybody else starts like wiping themselves down with it. I'm like, Oh, I guess that makes sense. So I like just wipe my face and like wipe my hands. And I was like, okay, like the, and the towel was only like hot ish. 
Like there was parts of it that were nice and steamy hot and other parts that were pretty cold. So it's just like, uh, whatever. <laughs> Thank you, I guess. Um, Did they give you a massage as well? Uh, the drinks? No, no massage. Uh, the drinks right before takeoff. Um, like, yeah, the crappy thing about that is like the stewardess are trying to hand us our drinks and everybody else is still trying to board. It's like, I feel like they need a better system for that. Cause like the stewardess was definitely in the way of like everybody else trying to board the plane. It's like, I feel like you just get everybody on the plane quick and then give everybody in first class a mini drink right before takeoff. Or you have to get them their drinks sooner. Cause like the stewardess, like she wasn't bad by any means, but she's like trying to service people and like everybody's trying to load into the plane at the same time. It's like, okay, this is a little silly. Um, what else I got? Oh, so one of the guys in first class, I don't know what he had, why, but he had like a massive change jar or something in his uh, luggage in the overhead. And the whole thing spilled during like taxiing and takeoff. Oh my God. So like there's this huge sloshing of coins all over, like in the overhead bin. And then when he got off, he walked out and it ends up, it was all Euro. And there was a good, cause like there's the one and two Euro coins. I would say there's a good 30 to 50 bucks of coins just scattered in the overhead bin. And he just didn't even worry about it. He just walked off the plane without his coins. I guess like there was, it was piles of like one to two Euro coins. I was like, shit, like, I was tempted to like start like scooping the stuff into my thing, but I'm like, <laughs> that's going to be weird. So I just told one of the stewardess, I'm like, Hey, I think the guy who spilled his change, like forgot a lot of his change in there. Like, I think there's like, but yeah, there's at least like 30 to 50 bucks in just change coins. If I may, that sounds like, into this. if I may, that sounds like he pulled an opposite Nick instead of flying and dashing, he flew and then left <laughs> an extra nice tip. Yeah. Right. This is like he overpaid. Uh, okay then, right? I mean, kind of cool, I guess. If you're gonna leave a mess, it better well be money. Yeah, at least it's money, right? Clean this up, okay? Um. Oh, the guy next to me, because it's only too wide. Like he pulled a super alpha move, and I, like I don't really care, whatever. But like the center council area, so it's like extra wide, so you could theoretically both get an arm in there. And there's like a mini tray on that armrests area and like he alpha moved right away. Like he got fully set up. He like plugged in his stuff into both outlets in between and he got like his phone charging on top of the thing. He put like another thing like in the tray area, Like he just claimed that armrest for himself. I'm like, whatever, man. <laughs> like I didn't care. Like I have nothing to put on that armrest, but he just like full alpha, like claimed that armrest for himself. That's one step below. <laughs> like, like just, taking your pants off and peeing on it i mean that sounds pretty close yeah, pretty me. close like he, he basically yeah he basically just peed all over the armrest saying this is mine this he just like mine. claimed the whole armrest uh, oh and like his cell phone too like the one thing that did bother me and he he moved in almost right away like five minutes in is like when he plugged in his phone he had the cord end going towards me and then looping around to his charger instead of towards himself and I, like he moved it pretty much right away. But like, that's the one thing I was like, I was about to call him out on. I'm like, Hey dude, like you can't be having your shitty cord end of your plugged in phone going into my space. Like that's not cool, but oh, he, he moved it almost right. And he seemed like a nice guy and all, like, I think he was just trying to get his stuff set up, but if I, cause if he, I like, he was, in, he ended up working on his laptop for a while. Sorry, go I ahead. May, Nick. 
would he have been allowed to put it in your Facebook? MySpace. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> you tried. You. Tweet. Um, about it. Oh, so on the tray that like folds out of the side and they're like in front of you, typically on like the passenger ones, like in the standard area, there's like a place to put your cup, but there was no place to put a cup and there's not even a lip on the thing to like hold your stuff into place. I thought, I thought that was kind of interesting. There's literally just no lip to stop stuff from sliding around and there's no like cup spot to keep your cup in place. Weird. Um, also no screens. There was no like TV screens on this plane. So luckily I had pre-downloaded the United app on my phone and they got the, you can get the free movies through that. But yeah, there's like no TV screens on this plane. I feel like that's definitely a minority thing nowadays. It's an older screen. Um, one thing that as an engineering standpoint, I thought was kind of interesting and made sense is they keep all three of the like little air blowers and light bulbs for first class. Like they don't change it just for first class. So they just keep the pattern going all the way back. They don't, they don't put just, they don't put two in first class because there's only two seats. They keep the whole three setup going where it's three lights and three of the little air blowers that you can adjust. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, the headrest was kind of meh. I mean, I think the sides came out more than normal, but it is whatever. Um, I ordered a glass of uh, white wine and it was basically church wine, but the glass was pretty neat. I took a picture of that. It was like a, like a mini wine glass and it was like super low to the ground. So, Oh, okay. For the meal, they literally gave you a metal knife. It, it was like a butter knife, but they literally gave me a butter, like a metal butter knife. I'm like, you can't, there's what? Cause it's a huge, big, big deal in TSA, but they literally just hand you a knife. So I guess if anybody wants to like go ahead and hijack a plane, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just we can't, we can't support that on this. And podcast. you get yourself a metal knife, I guess. Oh, I don't know. Goodness, Kyle, that's not what we're trying to to promote here. Okay, if you want to defend the plane from a hijacking, <laughs> go in first class, and you'll get yourself a knife. Okay, I just thought that was the craziest. Thing. They literally just like hand you a metal. And like it wasn't, it was a standard butter knife too. So like, I don't know. It was like serrated and everything. I was just like, I was kind of mind blown. I'm like, really? They're they're handing me? They just gave me a knife? I was because they make such a big deal out of it, and then just on the plane they're like, ah, oh, yeah, here you go. You passed the check, Kyle. You passed their test. You obviously aren't carrying anything illegal on, so you must be fine. I guess. Oh, a uh, pro tip. For the, uh, I guess it could go for pretty much any airplane flight with a meal. Is uh, before you pull like the blanket out to go to sleep, make sure you eat your meal first. Otherwise, you get crumbs all over your blanket. So uh, it's like a pro life tip. Yeah, eat, then pull the blanket out, or make sure you take the blanket off and like store it away before you eat. Because I just got crumbs all over the place. So that was fun. Um. Oh, and then flying into New York, we flew through some rain. And that was kind of interesting because, like, you've been in a car and flying through rain where, like, the, the stuff's coming right at you. But, like, it was raining hard and we were flying straight through it. And, like, it was just zooping by. Like, the rain was all, like, completely sideways horizontally because we're going, like, what, 500 miles per hour or something like that. So I thought that was kind of interesting to see the rain just, like, zooping by. 
Yeah. That's all I got. That's it. That's all my notes. Uh, Any questions? That was wonderful. Thank you. Oh, uh, that should be a blog post or something. Just how thorough it covers. I'll get a bigger update. Oh, one thing I need to how do to on the way back because I'm class on the way back is I need to test out the first class uh, laboratory uh, <laughs> and see how the uh, first class bathroom experience is. I like it. You didn't go in the entire like six there's, hours you're on a plane. There's not a. There's I, not I a just didn't have bathroom. Oh, no. There's what no different bathroom for first class. It's the same thing. There is. Uh, there is a bit of a bathroom. I saw somebody go into it. Yeah, but on all the flights that I've been on, like before the curtains down, if they ever put it down, which on the shorter flights they don't, you can go up to the bathroom by first class and use it. I've done it, and it's the same. But maybe, I mean, if you get an opportunity, try it. Let me know if it's different on like different flights. But Delta, American Airlines, um, no difference. Oh, well. Way to potentially ruin my fun. I guess I'll, I'll You'll find have out. to tell us. You'll have to update. That'll be that'll be for next week. All right. So to kind of wrap things up, um, yesterday went to a Sounders game. That was a blast. Um, pro soccer is pretty legit. Even if your team doesn't win, still pretty good. Um, and we had to wait uh, after the game. Everyone leaves the same time. They all want to take the link train uh, or the light rail. Um, so we, we, we missed the first one, but had to wait for another one. I thought, eh, that's kind of a long wait. Well, turns out that it's not a long wait compared to what I had to deal with today, where uh, we had a cross-country meet, had to get to the school at 2. I was supposed to leave at like 2.15, and come 3.30, the bus doesn't even show up. Uh, the buses to take our runners to the meet never came. Um, it turns out that... Oh, no. There was some miscommunication and the bus didn't even, like, they said they were there and they weren't. It was a mess. So we somehow got the runners all there. It worked out. But I was wondering, as kind of a, a wrap-up segment, have you guys had to deal with waiting for a long time for any sort of transportation nightmare kind of thing? I can't think any any off the top of my head. No, like long waits at the airport or miss a bus or car breaks. I've been pretty lucky. I haven't had any airplanes ever like super delayed on me. Like I've heard horror stories of people being ready for an airplane and it's getting delayed by like one, two, three, even four hours. But I guess the closest thing I have is uh, when uh, Julian and myself flew out to uh, Colorado during the last spring break because she's a educator she has the spring break off as well when we flew out to colorado we went on standby because her uncle works for american airlines so we're able to go on standby for really cheap it was like 150 bucks total or something like that for both of us round trip um so we had to go on standby which basically means you get whatever spots open so flying out to colorado uh we had to we were, we jumped on like the third plane out so we were sitting in the airport for the first like three yeah two planes that went to colorado and then we were able to jump on the third plane. Uh, in hindsight, if one of us jumped on the first plane and one of us jumped on the second plane, we would have made it there earlier. And then we actually did that on the way back when uh, we were both in queue. I went first because I had to work on Monday. And then she just hit, was able to hit up the plane right behind me. So, But that, that's the closest thing I have for that kind of thing that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I had a, a flight in uh, from Chicago to 
go back to Appleton and it was canceled due to the weather in Chicago. So I sat there for the better part of four hours waiting for delays. Will the storm hit us? Will it pass? Will it move? What's going to happen? And the options were either I get a hotel in Chicago or I get a rental car and drive. Now, fortunately, it's close enough to home that I could just get a rental car and drive. But it was a dead race when the flight was canceled to the car rental place. And I ended up combining with uh, two other gentlemen and, and the three of us drove uh, together to the Appleton area and uh, were able to split the fees. So ended up making friends and, and going for that. Worked out well. Nice. Very, very nice. Well, that I actually have a really cool. I, I have a really I have a really short closer here. Okay. So like, you know, how we find a woolly mammoth in the ice and like that's super cool. And it's like really well preserved or whatever. If you could take any animal on earth right now and like freeze it in ice. So it's for sure preserved for somebody, you know, a thousand, couple thousand years from now, which animal do you choose? Like that way you're you're guaranteed that this animal gets seen by humans a couple thousand years from now. Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the giraffes. potential obvious answers it a giraffe. That's an obvious answer. A giraffe, because they're just so crazy, no one's gonna believe that they're real. An animal having such a long neck and crazy thin legs and I don't know. Giraffes are crazy. That's what I would That's do. That's pretty I was thinking either legitimately a human, because that might be interesting to like literally make sure a human's preserved to later on you can see, oh, uh, 50,000 years ago, this is what humans look like. That or like a platypus for the same kind of reasons where it's just is so silly. It's like, there's no yeah, way. Yeah, like, platypus is up there too. Same thing as giraffe. How do they right? exist? You got some funny animal or something you want to make sure it's preserved? A New York rat. <laughs> what yeah they're pretty crazy they're big and yeah, a new york rat if if society collapses or advances or does whatever it does um this is a creature that is unique is immune to poison immune to um all the things that kill rats and uh finds a way to survive and thrive in the filth of humanity uh if that's not inspirational in some way shape or form for research purposes uh I, I don't know what is i mean they're probably gonna be around in however many thousand years anyway so if we can't get rid Essentially. of them, them and cockroaches they're gonna be here to the end of time all right well that was if i may episode 18 um thanks for listening hope you all enjoyed um again always feel free to support us by rating reviewing subscribing um appreciate all appreciate all of it any little bit helps and if you want to get in contact with us or you have any questions just send us a message on twitter at zarubust um or leave a review or however else uh, we're available so uh, until next time see you